0: Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. And, you know, I wanted to say thank you guys for your patience over our break over the month of December. Uh, I needed it and uh, needed some time to just get refreshed. You know, I think creativity flows best when uh, uh, people are refreshed. And so, yeah, I enjoyed that break and I hope you missed me. <laughs> it's- just kidding. I missed you guys. But I have a couple of episodes lined up for you that I think you're going to really enjoy. I hope you enjoy. Today, we're going to be diving into something that has been really actually revolutionary for me in my journey of becoming uh, the person that God created me to be. And, um, you know, I'm not a big hype person. I'm not the kind of person who is like, you have to take my word for this. It's going to blow your mind. I mean, I might say that from time to time, but I'm not the kind of person that just jumps from one thing to the next. And in in fact, when somebody's giving me insights on how to live my life, I'm usually a little bit like hesitant, a little maybe resistant. I got to think it through a little bit. But when I came across the information I'm going to share with you today, I had one of those moments where my guts like fell out of my body. Okay, not not really, but um, let me digress for a second. Last year, I was at Universal Studios in Orlando, and they have a new roller coaster called the VelociCoaster. And it, this thing is insane. It goes upside down multiple times, but like to make you weightless. So you're literally dangling in the air for several seconds at a time. It is the closest to death I plan to ever come. And I just had this crazy idea. I want to do this roller coaster. I want to see what it's like. None of the rest of the family wanted to do it. Um, So I did the single rider line and I load onto this roller coaster that basically locks you in like you're being shot into space. And I look at the guy next to me that I'm seated next to and I said, hey, have you done this before? And he said, yeah. I said, well, how is it? And he looked at me with this sober face and he goes, it's intense. (laughs) And I was like oh, okay, I thought he was gonna say, it's awesome, it's so much fun. You guys, I have never been hanging upside down like this. It was probably what it feels like to skydive in some, you know, microsecond capacity. I got off this ride, my body was shaking for about an hour with just adrenaline being released. It was insane. So I'm not promising that what I'm sharing today is going to give you that effect in your body, but let me just tell you that when I came into this understanding, my life changed And I cannot wait to share that with you today. So let's get into it. My husband is doing a new coaching program this year in 2022. Um, He loves coaching. He's been uh, radically impacted by some incredible coaches in our life over the last really 20 years, but in business over the last few years. And so he joined a new one. And when he joined, uh, he got a box of books that he had to read. And one of the books kind of struck my interest. So I read it as well. And this book is called The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan. So I want to share with you one of the main principles of this book and really encourage you that if this strikes a chord with you, please do yourself a favor. You can buy it on Amazon. It's also on Audible. Um, Get this book because here's the thing. This is not spiritual information, but it is a biblical principle. So I don't really know where Dan and his team stand spiritually at this moment in time, but I do know that what he's saying is from the Lord. This is actually biblical wisdom being packaged in a non-spiritual way. This book is really written to entrepreneurs and people who lead their own businesses, um, and here's why. The whole idea behind it is, the addressing the problem that leaders often have where they're just unhappy. In, in fact, a better way to say it is that they typically defer their happiness until a set goal is achieved. And this is something that's really rampant in the business world. I can think of just dozens upon dozens of people that experience this, but also in the Christian world as well, in the, in the spiritual world, in the, in the church world. I see this in a lot of people that I get to interact with really good, amazing people, but it's difficult to find contentment and feel happy in what you're doing. Even for myself, I mean, before I dive into the principle itself, I thought I'd give you the sort of the backdrop that I was experiencing that kind of um, led me to have such an interesting experience with this particular um, Insight, and and I had been pastoring the church that we planted eight years ago. Uh, I think most of you guys know. Uh, earlier in 2021, my husband and I actually stepped down from being the senior pastors in that um, church, and we transitioned into a, a new role I might share about later. Um, but I was really struggling to be content. You know, I felt like I would have these goals, and even if we came close to achieving the goal, I still felt like I couldn't really feel satisfied. Here I was in this role that God had given us just dynamic prophetic words. We had had open visions. We had confirmations. I mean, everything people want to know that you're in the place that God wants you to be and yet it didn't feel satisfying. Is it okay for me to say that? I mean, I feel kind of guilty even admitting that to you, but here's the truth. I enjoyed it. I felt satisfaction in being obedient to the Lord, but it wasn't fulfilling my heart like I thought it should, knowing how um how clear it was that God had called us into that. Well, after listening or and reading to the gap in the gain I immediately understood why and I wish I had this insight years ago so let me just explain it to you sort of in a nutshell and then we'll kind of unpack it as we continue on today so the gap in the gain is this idea or this you know sort of concept that we often interchange goals and ideals but they are not the same thing Now, as a major goal setter, as somebody who regularly plans, I mean, I plan, I love to plan. I've got, I'm a very future-minded thinker. I've got plans for this year, for next year, for the year after. Um, I love that. That's how my brain works. I don't need those plans to be stuck to, you know, I plan in pencil. But I like to plan and never once in all of my goal setting in all of my, you know, seeking to achieve those goals, have I ever understood the difference between an ideal and a goal. So let me just clarify that for you. Ideals, not ideas, but ideals are goals that are too imaginative to be achieved. They're better served as anchoring points that that sort of point you in the direction that you want to go they're not goals. What's a goal? Well, a goal is an action that is attainable. A goal is simply an action that can be attained. It's something that you want to do, you want to grow into, you want to accomplish, whatever. That's a goal. Now, here's where the gap in the gain comes in. When we exchange our ideals and our goals, when we interchange them as if they are the same thing, we allow ourselves to focus in the wrong place. So Dan Sullivan says it like this. He says that ideals are like the horizon. You will never actually attain them. Ideals are better served as anchoring points in the future, directing you where you want to go, because it's like the pot of gold at the other end of the rainbow. If you're walking down uh, towards the horizon, right, like Moana sees the line where the sky meets the sea, and it's calling to her, and and she's going after it. And unless you're a flat earther... (laughs) That line is going to continue to move away from you even as you are moving towards it. So if your happiness, if your contentment is connected to you achieving this ideal, guess what's going to happen? You are never going to experience contentment because that ideal is going to continue to move away from you because it is like the horizon, Now, a goal is a completely different thing. A a goal is a bite-sized action that you can actually accomplish. You have the ability or you know what you can do to achieve the ability to accomplish that goal. So here's where the gap in the gain terminology comes into play. The gap is the distance between where you are in your life today and where your ideal is on the horizon. And the gain is where you are in your life today. And the distance from where you were the last time you took inventory. Let me rephrase that. Or let, me, let me repeat that for you. The gain is the distance from where you were to where you are today. And the gap is the distance from where you are today to where you wish you could be in your ideal. So what happens to leaders, entrepreneurs, I would even say pastors, uh, really all of us, is that we have this tendency to focus on the distance between where we are now and where we wish we were, which is the gap. But the only thing that that breeds typically is more negativity. It breeds disappointment, discouragement. It breeds frustration. A lot of times we feel like we can't even celebrate how far we've come because we still see how far there is to go. But if we can change our mindset to understanding that the horizon is not ever a place we're going to arrive, you cannot arrive on the horizon. Every time you go closer to it, it's that much farther away, right? So if we can train ourselves to find satisfaction, contentment, maybe even happiness in the recognition of where we've come, who we are today, how much we've overcome in the past or since the last time we took inventory then our life becomes something that feels like a gain instead of something that feels like a deficit. I I don't know about you, but when I listened on Audible to this book, I felt like as my guts were bleeding out of my body, I realized how much of my life I have spent in the gap. I've spent being frustrated with how it is that I can't get to where I want to go without being thankful and recognizing how far I've come, where I started, what I've already learned. As I took this uh, thought process to the Lord and just began to pray and say, God, what is it that I need to change? Because I knew it was a word for me. I, I don't even know if this guy's a believer, but I knew this was biblical wisdom for me. And I began to ask the Lord, and he showed me this picture, that our goals really should be like little dots on a Pac-Man board. And we are the Pac-Man. If we want to continue to move forward, the best way to do that is to have goals that are bite-sized. A hundred bite-sized goals is better. It's better than one big goal that you don't know how to achieve. A hundred bite-sized goals. We know this, right? Every step is a step closer to where you want to go. Habits build, um, build the person that we are. Atomic Habits, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits has swept the nation over the last few years because it's just true, right? Even in a brain science perspective, we live the bulk of our life from our subconscious. I think it's something like 90% of the decisions that we make are made out of our subconscious autopilot. How does something get into your subconscious? From habitual actions. When we make it a habit, our body begins to do it for us. So like, okay, it's January, uh, it's a new year, everybody's thinking about how they want to eat better, right? And so when we look at it as this gigantic goal of all that we want to lose over the course of the year, then it's really, really hard to attain that. But if we break it down and say, I want to drink less you know, soda, for example, then we start with that. And we we purpose ourselves to choose water or choose tea or something like that in in uh, you know in exchange for the coke, and then over time we add something else to it. Okay, now I'm doing great, not having as much soda. Now I want to cut out uh, sugar, this type of sugar or whatever. But when we dive headfirst into something like a Whole30, which is not bad, right? I mean, I've done that before. A lot of people have. But when we do this huge diet exchange, like like a hard left turn, a lot of times it's hard to sustain because it's too much to the, the subconscious of your mind. So how does this apply to the goals that you're setting in your life and to the happiness that you can have in 2022? Well, you and I both know it's been a really difficult couple of years, Right. There's been a lot of hardship, a lot of uncertainty. It's taken its toll on our bodies, our our mental health, on all of that. And I wonder, if we began to look at the gain instead of the gap, what would change in our life? For me, I realized all those months, all those years of pastoring, where I felt so disappointed that we were not um, where I wanted us to be, I was unable to celebrate where God was taking us. I was unable to celebrate how we had gone from from one place to another. Now, maybe I would celebrate, you know, publicly or, or different times, but in my heart, in my soul, I really felt like we were so far from where we wanted to go. Why? Because I had interchanged this ideal with an actual goal I thought I could achieve. My whole mindset has shifted around this. My husband and I both, we've been talking a lot about how do we live in the gain, right? Now, here's the reality you're going to be in the gap from time to time. I don't think it's possible to live um, completely free of the gap perspective, right? It's kind of like walking in the spirit. There's going to be times where you walk in the flesh, it just happens. But the goal is to learn how to pull yourself out of that place. So if you're looking at your life and you are feeling wildly dissatisfied, you're feeling wildly frustrated at all the things that you just can't get together or just aren't working for you or, you know, continue the list on from there. Why don't you try this? Why don't you try taking some time and looking at who you were in January last year and who you are in January of this year and see if you can see how far you've come. Take a look at what has changed in a positive sense for you. Now, I know sometimes doing an inventory like this is challenging because we find areas where we're not we're not doing it right. Like we actually backslid or we we took backward steps instead of forward steps. But, you know, this is a good time to just stop and take an inventory of that. All right. Now I know. That I'm susceptible. What do I need to be able to not do that again? What kind of community, right? What kind of encouragement? How much time with the Lord do I need? Those types of things. So we're not shaming ourselves when we find ourselves in the gap. We're just encouraging ourselves to move towards the gain. So let me just say this one more time: the gap is the distance between where you are now and your ideals. Okay, so what's an ideal? I know some of you guys might be going, I don't even really fully understand. Well, let's take it in the church sense just because a lot of times that's the context that we use. So as a pastor, I'm looking and I'm saying, I want a community that looks like the biblical community where um, let's just talk about it. Let's just, you know, talk about the elephant in the room where people show up to church, right? So statistically in America, an average um, person who's committed to their home church shows up about 25% of the time right now. That's about once a month. Some churches, you know, you might get the bulk of the community there twice a month. It's so hard to even know how many people are in your church sometimes because you might only see them once every six weeks. And that person might feel very committed to your home church, but to the pastor, it's very hard to see it like that. I'm not saying that, you know, this is not a it's right or wrong statement. This is just the, the truth about it. So if your ideal is this biblical community where everybody is there every time you gather, How disappointing is it going to be when people don't show up for whatever reason? And that's how you're measuring your success, right? So how do we change that into the gain? Well, maybe we begin to look at what's happening in the lives of those people. Are they beginning to bear fruit they weren't bearing before? Are they moving forward? Are they gaining um, spiritual understanding? Are they making choices to align themselves with the kingdom of God? These are. This is just one example of how, how we would do that. So then what becomes a goal? Well, then the goal becomes helping them understand the value of being in church, right? So the ideal is that everybody just miraculously shows up and, all, and already knows it. But the goal breaks it down into bite-sized things they can swallow to learn to appreciate what God is doing in in in-person service, for example. Now, that's, you know, one example, but uh, hopefully you can see sort of the process to break it down from the ideal to the goal. Let me end on this. Essentially, as I'm sure you're probably putting it together, the gap in the gain is touching on the importance of gratitude in our life, Right. I mean, essentially, that's what it's talking about, that when we are um, uh, when we're thankful people, we actually bring about contentment in ourselves. This is what the Bible says, a thankful heart prepares the way for the Lord. I mean, there are so many scriptures about gratitude and thankfulness that's so important. So how do you apply that here? Well, I heard this recently, and I have not fact-checked this yet, but I've heard this from two different sources now, that the part of your brain that actually experiences gratitude is the same part of your brain that experiences anxiety and that gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist in the same place. So if you are feeling genuine gratitude, I'm not talking about placating. I'm not talking about just saying thankful things that you don't actually feel, but when you are genuinely experiencing gratitude, so they say it is almost impossible to experience anxiety simultaneously. Now, I have not fact checked that. I would encourage you, if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, go look that up. Look for the research on it um, and look for research from both sides, right? Don't just try to prove your own point. Look for research on both sides. But here's the point here. Biblically speaking, anxiety is not a fruit of the kingdom. Worry is not a fruit of the kingdom. But gratitude and thankfulness are, Right? And so the gap in the gain is actually a spiritual principle that when we are taking time to be thankful for the faithfulness of God, even if that faithfulness hasn't produced exactly what we want it to in our life, but we genuinely allow our heart to feel gratitude with God, when we do that, we actually step into something truly beautiful in our body, in our mind, in our soul. And when we are in that place anxiety, worry, fear, have a really hard time um, being felt and seen. I'm not saying it casts them out or boots them out completely, but I am saying that their voice lessens and the voice of the Lord can increase. So my encouragement to you is to really challenge yourself for 2022 to be in the gain what does that look like? Well, if your goals are health-oriented, be in the game. What are you learning, right? Who are you becoming? Maybe, maybe a huge win in your life is that you actually understand some of the dangers of unhealthy foods. Maybe you're not quite, you know, at a point where you're not eating them, but at least you understand and you can take a, a moment to receive that, to, to appreciate that, to move forward in that, right? Maybe your goals are relational in your marriage or in your family. Do the same. You're not going to change something overnight. So what can we be appreciative of? What can we look in gain for? Who are you becoming and who have you become as you've journeyed with God to try to achieve this big audacious thing? And then do yourself a favor and give yourself a heart check and make sure that your ideals are not actually your goals. Make sure your goals are things that you can truly achieve and let your ideals be that look, guys, I still have ideals. I've been mulling over this uh, principle or thought for the last several months, and I still have a bunch of ideals, if I'm being honest with you. I probably always will. But here's the difference. I know their ideals. I know it now. And I understand the fundamental difference. So when those ideals sort of present themselves as this shiny object, I just can't, you know, not want to have, I just want it so badly. I can step back and go, oh, okay, wait a second. This is actually an ideal. This points me in the direction I want to go, the ultimate direction and who I want to become as a woman of God, but it's not something I'm going to achieve completely. I hope this is helpful for you guys. Welcome to 2022. This is gonna be a great year of the podcast. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you heard today and this is helpful for you, would you share this with a friend or two? Uh, I would love to sort of increase our listener base with some, some new people who haven't heard of the podcast yet. So I would love your help in doing that. All right, guys, until next time, be blessed.